Hi everyone, and welcome to the 44th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Lauren. Hey guys. Shiro. Hello, love. And Jackie. Hello. Yay. Truly an Englishman. Yes. <laughs> and now he has his accent. <laughs> I got my accent. <laughs> good old, good old accents. Osmosis, osmosis accent. Oh boy. I guess, I guess I attained the accent from Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> somehow, somehow. Lauren was the conduit and Daryl's Englishness just transferred right into Shiro. Yes. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my word. Goodness. Well, don't do that one. Uh, <laughs> it's like, don't do that again, Shiro. Yeah, no. I won't. Before we derail any further, right in the beginning of the show, good job, guys. Um, we happen to have a particular thing that happened uh, a couple of weeks ago. What, Ooh, what, what, what could that? that have been? Oh my god, well, I wonder what it was. Well, the lovely game that we've been waiting so long for, Kingdom Hearts 3D Dream Drop Distance, has released in North America and Europe. Oh yeah. my god, totally wasn't expecting Fireworks! that. Fireworks! Totally we totally haven't had like ten shows <laughs> devoted to nothing but talking about 3D. Brandon, you better not be trolling me. I'm not yeah, trolling. That's true. Definitely okay. not trolling. Okay. And Churro, I'm gonna blow your mind, but you've actually already played it and beaten it. Whoa. Twice. Twice. <laughs> wow. <laughs> awesome. So, um, don't worry, guys. We're not gonna we're not gonna be spoilerific on the show. We're going to keep things. Uh, pretty pretty safe here we're we are going to have a review segment but it's not going to be anything um it's more analyzing what we thought of it and not uh what actually happens in it so you can just get our thoughts of uh of what it was like if we do so, get too spoilerific jackie will put down the band hammer yeah jackie hasn't played it yet so Whammo. we we need yeah so we're gonna be good we'll be good all right, so for you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is a part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We run on a four-week rotation with a new show every other Tuesday with Final Fantasy Union, and we come out on the iTunes store, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, and Cheryl? KH2.co.uk. <laughs> Just changing, I don't know what kind of accent that is anymore. Changing it's accents blending. all the time. It's not like a Forrest Gump accent. Goodness. <laughs> well, I, I can't, I can't keep the same accent in area. I have to try to switch it up a little bit. <laughs> or maybe, it, maybe it's Pinky. Oh, no, no, no. It's Pinky. Hello, Brian. Okay, today, today. Time to take over the world. Well, anyway, uh, we're going to have a three-segment show today, and uh, this show is a little bit special. Instead of our news segment, our first segment will be our Kingdom Hearts 3D review, which I guess guess you could call that news since, I mean, what's more newsworthy than a game coming out? (laughs) Yeah, it's true. I mean, that is the epitome of of our newsiness, so yeah, that'll be in replacing our news segment this time. Uh, our second segment will, of course, be Burning Question, in which you guys answer the question, uh, what CGI Disney movie you would want to see in a Kingdom Hearts game and why. And third, we have our question segment, um, where we answer your questions that you asked us in our question sec- section on our forums. Uh, as always, we do have a couple announcements. Uh, stickers will be going to those who have their questions answered in the question segment. And I would like to add that Kingdom March Recoder stickers are almost out. I have about like 20, 25 left, so once they go out, mm. all you guys get is Birth by Sleep decals. Hot commodities. Hot mm. commodities. So, almost out, but uh, this has been a pretty awesome like thing we've had. I mean, how long have we been doing this? Like, at least since October-ish? Yeah, for a long Six time. months? Almost, almost a year. So, are you able to now walk around your house again, Jero? Did we reclaim your house? <laughs> yes, I reclaim my house. Good. Well, For the moment. That's good. That's good. That's good to hear. Uh, the second announcement is uh, burning questions uh, will still be announced or still be answered in the episode release thread and. Uh, the gaming. <laughs> Let me try that again. Goodness, all these words. So, burning questions. We ask those, or we an- you answer those in the episode release thread, and the questions for our question segment you ask in the Kingdom Hearts Union question thread on Gaming Union. <laughs> you okay? okay. So there's only two places. Not not confusing. I'm. I just. 
am confused by the English language. I'm still learning yep. it, okay? So <laughs> if you have an answer to the burning questions, go to the episode one. If you have a question for us, go to the Kingdom Hearts questions thread. Thank All you. Good. That's better. Yeah, yeah. And, and the whole purpose of that is just to keep everything nice and separate and neat. Simple and, and clean. So see, just so it's easy. Yeah, yeah. Simple, simple and clean. And clean. <laughs> Couldn't put a, any better. So... Speaking of simple and clean, the antithesis of that would be Kingdom Hearts 3 D. So let's review it. Yay! <laughs> righty. So uh, first things first, we're going to be talking about. Well, basically, we've divided our review into three segments. We have our gameplay segment, we have a presentation segment, and a story segment. Gameplay is going to cover, well, obviously, the gameplay, which could relate to the drop system, just the battle system in general, how it feels, dream eaters, flow motion, all that stuff. Presentation, we're referring more to graphics and music quality, um, you know, the cutscenes. Uh, voice acting, all that good stuff. And then thirdly will be story. Now, we're not going to be talking specific plot points in the story, but we will be giving an analysis of what we thought of the story. So not the story itself, but what we thought of it. So nothing nothing that should surprise you. All right, so first, uh, Lauren, uh, what did you think about uh, the gameplay? Um, well, I think it was definitely the hardest of all of the Kingdom Hearts games, to be honest. Like, Def- I definitely pretty hard. Lauren, what what difficulty level were you playing on? Just just to, um, so I can I get a gauge. I was playing on normal. Okay, okay, good. It was hard for me too, and I was playing on proud. And I was just wondering if I was the only one. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Like it's it it gets pretty hard compared to um compared to the other titles in the series. Like, I mean, yeah. you play through Kingdom Hearts 1, mm-hmm. every now and Not then you get bad. stuck, yeah. and it's mm-hmm. okay, you know. Kingdom Hearts 2, again, same sort of thing, but this yeah. one just had so much more about combos and running yeah. around like a crazy person. <laughs> it was Definitely. just, it was like a lot, I found it to be a lot more difficult. Also, with the, um, I found it a lot harder without having Donald and Goofy by your side. I mean, yeah. where I liked the Dream Eaters, I felt like... They weren't as helpful. Yeah, I felt like Donald and Goofy were a bit more competent in how to help me, whereas yeah. the Wonder Cat and whatever else I had <laughs> were just kind of like, uh, we're running around and we're going to bounce around here and be cute, <laughs> but you can call us and link to us when you're ready, Yeah, and then we'll try to like one-hit this dude. But um, Yeah, the Link attacks are strong. Yeah. I guess I guess they're trying to lead you to like constantly need to link with your dream eater. Yeah, uh, I I don't know. I don't like to use my links too much, but maybe that's the Final Fantasy yeah. fan in me where I'm just like, no, I want to save it for a rainy day. Yeah, that, me too. Save me too. I I was exactly. I was always yeah. thinking about it like how I thought like in Final Fantasy X. You know, you you grind before the battle so you can get everybody's overdrive meter up. So when you go into the boss fight, you're you're ready to go. So that's exactly. how I always that's how I treated the link system was that okay I would I know a boss is going to be in the next room so let me grind let me get my links up so when I need it okay boom I'll start the boss battle now we can use the links but it, it's actually not kind of like that in in Dream Drop Distance I actually found that a lot of times the just general enemy encounters were harder than some of the bosses yeah especially in some of the later levels I mean it, it gets pretty tough. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Especially now, when your status effect you to no end. That's yeah. quite oh my God, raging. Yeah. And yeah. what about those status effects? Like the freaking blind, how it... I mean, uh, I like it yeah. because it, 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 yeah. it's a pretty cool effect. But it basically, yeah. it, it makes your whole screen basically... Black. black. <laughs> Except for like one hole and you could just barely see. Yeah. That's what's called yeah. So like... I think it's pretty cool that they did that. I thought it was yeah. really interesting, but still, it was just kind of like, oh my gosh, for crying out loud, <laughs> yeah. why am I blind again? So, okay, so we'll definitely say that the gameplay, definitely a lot harder. Some people like that, but overall, how'd, you, how'd the gameplay feel to you? Did it at least feel right, apart from the, like, the difficulty aspect of it? Um, it didn't, it didn't. I Okay. I don't know that I necessarily liked um, the whole, like, uh, jumping around everywhere sort mm-hmm. of thing yeah. about Full it. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sure. I mean, I thought it looked cool, but I found myself a lot of the times, and I don't know if this is different if you have the additional um, the additional pad, yeah. pad but um, I found that I couldn't see a lot of the time. Like, I couldn't see where I was going, and I couldn't really gotcha. predict where the enemies were going to be. And yeah it, yeah, it just really, um, it felt really unorganized and cluttered at times, especially when you had, like, when you were going up against a lot of other people. Yeah. And um, so in that way, it got a bit muddled. Also, I don't know if this was, like, you know, if anybody else had this issue, but I never really saw a health bar like I hardly ever saw a health bar on anyone. Did anybody else mm. have that problem? Because I I didn't know how to. I think scan was an ability you would have had to get. Yeah. So yeah, maybe maybe just didn't have that. Scan should have been one of the first things you got in the beginning of the game. Yeah, um, yeah, that's an ability. So maybe you I just didn't have it. Equipped. On. Yeah, <laughs> there you Whoops. go. That'll fix it. Yeah, but whatever yeah. the case, it was just it was just a lot more difficult for me. Yeah, I would say overall. I, I felt the mechanics were all right. I would just say some of the balancing was not quite right. I feel like they were balancing it more towards let's get them to use our new systems versus yeah. let's have them play how they normally play. Because I'll honestly tell you, I felt that the Keyblade was a lot weaker in this game. Oh, Ironic, yeah. Ironically, you know, a, a game about the Keyblade mark of mastery, the Keyblade is the weakest part. Like, the most powerful thing would be your magic and your flow motion attacks and your link abilities and the mm. reality shifts. Well, it would kind of make sense, especially what Yen said told them in the very beginning of the game. Mm -hmm. I mean, it makes sense. It's just for a Kingdom Hearts fan coming into a Kingdom Hearts game, it, you can't really play it how you normally play it. No, like, it's you can't, not... You, you can't sit and hack and slash in this game. Exactly. You will die. You will die if you sit and exactly. hack and slash. How did you guys feel about the menus? I thought the menus kind of took too long, especially when you're going from the pause menu to the spirit the, menu. Oh, yeah, that, that was menu, too long. The menu, another menu just to get to the link board, and you're just trying to yeah. go all the way back to the game. It kind of took too long to get through all the menus. Yeah. And then what I mean, about, like, the, like, in-battle um, menu, like, to the side, like, the side menu, like, choosing through the different things? I didn't like that it went, that it shifted through automatically. That really pissed me off a lot of the time because I was oh, just like, you know, yeah, that's actually an option you can you can change. Oh, there is. Oh yeah, my god, an option why did I not know about menu. this? Damn yeah, it. There's, <laughs> yeah, there's an option there. But yeah, you're completely right. The the menu on the command menu, and this has just been a something that's been since birth by sleep it, it, with that command menu is it's not how we used to play Kingdom Hearts where you could have like your favorite commands on a shortcut and you could always count on them. Yeah. You sort of have to fiddle with it because the sum the thumbstick that you use to run and stuff is right next to the D-pad which you use to select uh you mm -hmm. know your your commands from. So, you know, if you really need to cure like right now and there's going to be a enemy about to hit you, I mean, you have to decide, do I cure right now and risk being hit yeah. and maybe he kills me? Or do I try to run and risk, oh, maybe he has this, like, troll combo where he just appears in front of me and hits me anyway. Mm -hmm. so, I mean, they do have a shortcut. You can press the left. Yeah, there is a shortcut, and, you know, you can have... I, I had Kiraga on it, like, most of the game. But it's only one shortcut versus, you know, Kingdom Hearts three well, or Kingdom Hearts one and two. Well, because limitation like three or of the, the button system on the three. Yeah. Has, I mean, mainly so definitely a lot of limitations. The quick, I mean, they have a shortcut for accessing the link system by holding the L and yeah. R buttons, but I don't yeah. think they couldn't fit that with you no. know, what you're normally used to. There's only so much you can do, so I can understand why it's just that it was a little fiddly. I, I'm kind of hoping that you know, in the future when we go back to consoles, I, I'm kind of hoping we get the original battle mm -hmm. system maybe maybe a little influence of you know of birth by sleep yeah I, I mean i like i like the command system in in essence i just wish it was a little bit easier to access you especially know? on a handheld title so yeah yeah on a handheld title i, I can sort of give it a pass there because you know there's just not enough buttons to do absolutely everything but you know they could have taken advantage possibly of the touch screen because I mean this is a DS we're dealing with so yeah. I don't know there's 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 a, there's other options I would say overall it felt I, I was okay with the gameplay and I was okay with the crazy camera and I was I did like using the flow motion I just 
I felt it was balanced with a really strong bias towards all these new toys they made. You for know, the, from yeah. motion to reality yeah. shift to yeah, you know the dream. Yeah, Raiders, bas- you know. basically those were those were all really powerful, but the Keyblade was not powerful. Yeah. <laughs> so you can't just hack like, and slash like you I want. I didn't like that you can like um, in all the other in all the other Kingdom Hearts you could just like. You um could find keyblades or you know, yeah. I didn't find a. Did you guys find any keyblades or did you guys just get given them? Because I, I yeah, you always get given, given them, them unless you yeah only yeah. given them. You know, synthesized the ultimate weapon. That was mainly it. No, no, no. Oblivion, you found. That was actually well. Oblivion in case two was given to you after you. <laughs> Met up with the. Uh... But Oblivion and Kingdom Hearts One, you found. Yeah, you found chest. that. Yeah, I was in a treasure chest okay. by the. Uh, but like the that was kind of lame because I just kind of felt stuck. I was like, okay, this is all I get. All right. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, the Keyblade situation in, in Dream Drop Distance was very limiting. Yeah. And how well, I guess, you? I guess I just how you get to, ult- You know, using it as a bond for helping yeah. that world, pretty much, just like how it was mm. originally. I mean, the, the Oblivion in Kingdom Hearts 1 was just, like, the only exception yeah. in this series. That was my favorite. It's my absolute favorite. Yeah, Oblivion just looks awesome with the chain on it, and, oh, it's mm-hmm. so epic. Yeah. And so, it's just so powerful, too. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Long reach, good size, mm-hmm. good swing, so all good. So, yeah, gameplay overall, it's, it's definitely going to be a game that some people like and some people don't. It's one of those 50-50 mm-hmm. things, as far as gameplay is concerned. Uh, yeah. We we still haven't discussed the most controversial thing, which would be the drop system. What did you guys think of the drop system? Oh. <laughs> it, it bothered me when I first picked when I first picked it up. You know, when I played it at E three, you know, it kind of mm. bothered me when I, when I because you know I had really had no control over the drop system because they wanted yeah. to show off the features to it. Yeah, but sure. then once once I got it, you know, the game. It's like it was annoying at first, but then once you you know start using your your money, actually this time you can use your money to buy drop me knots, and like once you figure out yeah, how to yeah. do everything, plan everything in advance, you can totally use it to your advantage. So once you yeah. get that down, then it doesn't really bother you anymore. I mean, true, but that's to me. I felt that that was more of a a little bit of a cop out because basically you can buy the ability to eliminate a feature of the game. So, yeah. I mean, it seems like the drop system, even treated by the game, is a limitation. I mean, there there is the ability that after each drop, you basically get to give the the next character some power-ups, but I really never noticed them. Like, they were never powerful enough that I would really notice that I got that I've ability. only really used it for to decelerate the drop meter and to get rare commands that was it yeah um, I, mean, I used it also for like um if like your dream eaters ran out of health or something an extra like an, yeah. an extra try that, those were good yeah that was so, good too i would say part of the drop system is it was not the, part of the problem would be it wasn't incentivized enough you know so the perception is that this is only here to annoy me so yeah. it's something that you if it's only there to annoy you you're obviously going to turn to hate it so oh, I don't yeah. feel it was balanced enough. I also think the inclusion of the drop system in a boss fight is not necessary. That is totally oh, no. not an appropriate place to have a, a drop. Uh, I can say from personal experience, I won't say what the boss was, but uh, just imagine a very difficult boss. It's very annoying, just in general, just fighting him. And you have to fight him ten times because your drop meter drops it, or or you're, you either die or your drop meter drops. So I had to fight this guy, and I literally got him down to, like, one HP, and I was about to hit him, and I dropped. And that just really <laughs> pissed me off. Oh, man, that guy. What I didn't like was that, well, I guess one solution I could think of is a forced drop system. I think that would have mm. probably had made everything okay, is that, like, if it wasn't necessarily something that... um that you had control over, that it was the game that decided, you know. Well, like, yeah, I mean, the game does. It would drop at it would drop at specific times because yeah, the problem I had when I time. first started, when I first started the game, I was just kind of you know wanting mm-hmm. to explore a bit. I wanted yeah. to just kind of see the world, um, see Traverse Town, just like walk around a bit. And you can't explore. <laughs> you can't explore. <laughs> and no, no I time. couldn't. I couldn't do that. So I was just kind of like you know. 
okay. Um, I actually restarted the game because I was just like, well, should I try to get like each story bit done within the drop, so within the one drop, or like what? Yeah, what do I hard. do in this situation? It's like, hard it just, to pick. It it left me with too much control, and I didn't like it. So gotcha. I was just kind of yeah. like, you know, mm. and yeah. then the other side of it, which kind of goes along more with story, is that a lot of times if you finished a certain drop already, and then the other person didn't, the stories kind of get mismatched. I don't want to yeah. go too deep into it to say yeah. like what happened necessarily, but the stories just didn't mesh well for yeah. the two characters. It what, was kind of, what was kind of weird is some of the stories, it felt like you know one character came into the world earlier, but mm. he would also be the character that would end it. So mm. if you played through the entirety of his storyline in this world, you would spoil everything that would happen in the other world. So exactly to an extent, uh, yeah, to, to an extent, it's not completely spoiled, but like some plot points, um, some like unveiling of villains, like in the main storyline, like I was totally spoiled about some you know people that got unveiled because I was playing it on the other side, but it was a lot cooler when you saw it through the eyes of a different character, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it just the drop system could have been a lot better. I didn't mind it for like going in between worlds. I thought it was really cool. Yeah, yeah, that like, was the cool. dive system. Like that was awesome. yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, if that was the drop mechanic, I would have been totally fine with that. Yeah, you know, I would say you know just just so just as a quick critique, I would say if they could just eliminate it, the drop system from boss fights, I would say it would suddenly be ten times better because the rest. I mean, personally, for me, are more nitpicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the The only thing that I was really not cool with was the fact that it dropped during boss fights. Like, that's just wasting my time. <laughs> At least yeah. they uh, fixed the HP thing, because in the <laughs> yeah. Japanese version, your health would not get restored, only the bosses would. So whatever wow. HP you oh had, God. you would <laughs> have to live with that, and when you start the battle, and then they uh. made it in the... The North American version it. where yeah. your HP gets restored to full as well. Okay. Yeah, well, that's wow. just a tad unfair. <laughs> yeah, that's really <laughs> unfair. All right, so that basically covers our gameplay segment of our review. I would say, so yeah, basically overall pretty good. There's a couple of nitpicks, and then probably the most annoying point would be the drop system, especially during boss fights. Yeah. So Churro, uh, would you cover presentation? What do you think of the graphics and stuff like that? I think the graphics are, you know. I mean, especially on a handheld devices, you know, you know, Square Enix is always good giving, you know, Kingdom Hearts, you know, some of the best yeah. graphics out there, you know. They did it with Chain of Memories, they did it with, you yeah. know, Birth by Sleep, they did it, you know, now they have, you know, Junior Distance on, you know, the yeah. DDS, you know, with this power mm-hmm. of almost equivalent, you know, the PSP and, and um, you know, it's, I think it's really top-notch, but at some, t- at some point, it's only... The only thing I really knock the graphics would be like the huge empty world. It's just yeah, so yeah. bare. You know, there's like nothing there. It's like yeah. So for those who don't know, in Kingdom Hearts 3D, uh, the worlds in there are actually pretty expansive. Uh, it's a little bit unlike what we're normally used to, where you have like you have three rooms and they're very tiny and cramped. And uh, but no, they're actually pretty large. Uh, but a lot of times you'll notice that they're a little bit undetailed. It's like if they took the normal budget of world design and they just spread it really thin just to make the world really big. Yeah, just to, world, yeah. Just to make it that big and then just they just pretty much copied everything else, you know, to make yeah. it Yeah, and then they just... What I, what I thought was kind of funny was in Traverse Town, the most detailed sections were the original Kingdom Hearts 1 rooms. <laughs> like, yeah. you, you go in there and it's, like, totally night and day. Like, you look here and, like, so much condensed detail compared to, you know, the you know just one room over and then there's this expansive, you know, cityscape, but there's, like, nothing here. Did anyone else find it sad that you couldn't go in the rooms that you knew that you could go in in Kingdom Hearts 1? Yeah. yeah, that was pretty. <laughs> that sad. left me like so heartbroken. Yeah, you can go like, in there. I want to go in there, but I can't because there's a box <sighs> in front of it that won't yeah. move. Oh well. But otherwise, but, yeah. I mean, the 3D effect 
I mean, it's like I don't really play many 3DS games on the 3D on, but this is one of the exceptions because it was, to me, I thought the 3D effect was really easy on the eyes this time around. As I said, I, I thought it was in my good. Early but testing I, I, on at E3, yeah. and it mm-hmm. still remains to that fact. I mean, this is actually the first game I played um, with the 3D effect on. I never re- once turned it off. Jeez, so. I. I... Definitely will commend it for having a good 3D effect, and it was pretty easy to do. But I, I couldn't keep it on the whole time. I still, yeah, I don't know. It's, I kept seeing a lot of ghosting on the screen, and ghosting is just when, uh, basically, the image of one of the eyes bleeds into the image of the other. So you sort of see like half of Sora's arm, sort of mm-hmm. like faded next to his arm, like two inches away. So it's kind, of, it kind of like takes me out of the experience. So, but I would say, I don't know, maybe this is subconscious, but when I look at the scenes in 3D, they kind of look better. Like, I, I just like the depth in them. So I really yeah. did like it. I just, for me personally, I just couldn't keep it on all the time. It just kind of made me sick still. Yeah. But it I was definitely can't. one of the best. I, I would definitely say it's definitely one of the best uh, for 3D effects. I mean, mm. for, then we go on to the music. The music is what I love yeah. about the game arts. Holy crap. The music was amazing. Uh, it's, oh, my God. I mean, this is probably one of the best, you know, soundtracks for the Kingdom Hearts series to date. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. I mean, Yoko Shimura, she did a wonderful job on, you know, the music. And then, you know, Takeharu Ishimoto did an yeah. awesome job of remixing the world ends with you tracks you know oh yeah the, just, the yeah. world ends with you tracks were just so well done like they're definitely definitely a big highlight of the game soundtrack but so then cool. like i mean the world ends with you i will agree those were like really incredible and then some of the like made for kingdom hearts ones were incredible mm-hmm. but i honestly was really disappointed with uh the the disney worlds like um I was, I mean, Fantasia was one that was really good. Yeah, but, Fantasia in particular. <laughs> but Hunchback of, no- Hunchback of Notre Dame was terrible for music, and so was Tron. Well, Tron wasn't terrible. Tron was just bland. Coming from, yeah, coming from, like, how big yeah, Tron Def- Legacy's soundtrack yeah, was, Punk, and yeah. Hunchback of Notre Dame's soundtrack as well, yeah. it was just kind of disappointing. I mean, I, I can I, I kind of okay have it. to, you know... With Tron, you know, you have to realize, you know, they they have to try to make, make it worth with what they got. I mean, especially with what they did with the Space Paranoids. I mean, they're trying to keep that same, you know, type of feeling mm-hmm. with that. You know, they can't really go overly excessive like they did with, you know, like they do with having Daft Punk on there to do the soundtrack. You know, Takihara had to, you know, pretty much do what Yoko did for Space Paranoids in Kingdom Hearts 2. I mean... Yeah. I, yeah, but I, I, did, I mean... I did feel Tron was bland. Yeah, I definitely felt Tron was bland. I was okay with um, with some of uh, the Hunchback ones, but it was it was definitely more generic. It, yeah, it was just sweeping orchestra, more ambient music. I do, however, my favorite track out of the entire uh, soundtrack is from Hunchback of Notre Dame, and it's called Majestic Wings. It's the boss battle fight. That song is definitely the best out of the uh, the whole soundtrack, in my opinion. Just very great melody very sweeping orchestra i loved it um but yeah out of all the disney worlds uh you are in for a treat when you get to the fantasia world that world wow it will knock your socks off it will knock your socks off let me just give you a hint live music you have live music yeah. it's pretty yeah, amazing really good <laughs> like it, it's just gone really bad with that but they did yeah it it was really amazing to feel what it was like to play Kingdom Hearts with live music. Like it was such a great experience. Like that that to me was one of the highlights of the game. I think I tweeted saying that that's become my new favorite Disney World in the Kingdom Hearts series. Yeah, it's it definitely it definitely has a lot going for it, and it was also hard enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. At least they have pretty music to play in the background. It's not like Wonderland from Kingdom Hearts One, and then you're just like, yeah, oh my no. god. <laughs> At least there's pretty music to keep you through. Mm-hmm. But yeah, overall, music was great. Uh, graphics were good. Just uh, some then, of the worlds were a little undetailed. And then voice acting, what can I say? You know, they always, you know, try to recast the original actors. Yeah, you know, which is a always a plus. Job. And um, the new actors they used for the new characters, you know, those those guys really took it up another level. I mean, yeah, although I it took Daryl and I a long time to realize that it was actually Haley Joel Osment again. 
I don't know <laughs> why, but his voice sounded so different this time that we were just kind of like, yeah. did they get a new actor or is this no. still Haley Joel Osment? Like we had to kind of do yeah an be- IMDb check. Yeah, but... be- because Haley Joel Osment is because Sora is like in his Kingdom Hearts one form, Haley Joel Osment has to play to that. So yeah, it's. I mean, so it's a bit silly. <laughs> yeah, he has. It, it is a bit artificial. Like he has. It is a voice that he's putting on. It's not his voice. Uh, but I, I thought overall, for what it was, it was pretty good. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't as manly as I thought he sounded in um, Rechain of Memories. Uh, and by the way, I before playing Dream Drop Distance, I actually did prepare by playing every Kingdom Hearts game, and yeah. I, I noticed that. You know, it was a little bit jarring going from Kingdom Hearts 1 to Chain of Memories because of the voice change, because of the fact that they changed the character model of Sora, which looked perfectly fine to this more Japanese-looking one, but I won't go there. That's <laughs> that's another yeah. controversy in and of itself. But yeah, I, I think for what he did, he did all right, and, uh, you know, I, I thought it was all right. I would say overall, voice actors did an amazing job. There were a couple of weird lines, but that I think that's more lost in translation type of stuff where it just wouldn't sound good in English, yeah. no matter how you wrote it. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. I mean, I, guess... the, I just wouldn't. I wouldn't knock it because of that. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, these voice actors are given these lines. They don't. Yeah, yeah. Don't give I would say for, either anything. I would say but, for what they did, but, they're, they're good. But going along with that, though, I did think the script was pretty was pretty. Um, lackluster this time around. I mean, oh, this is not yeah. going against the voice actors at all. This is script yeah. writing specifically. Um, a lot of the times there were scenes where, like, you know, someone would say something and they'd be like, oh my gosh, you know, um, I have to go and do this by myself and I'm gonna, you know, take yeah. over the world and blah, 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 blah. And you guys better not go with me. And then they're just yeah. like, we're coming with you. And then he'll just be like, Oh yeah, sure. You can come with me. I was just kind of yeah. like, "What is going on? Like, why do these characters?" I would say have... one of, one of the weaknesses of Dream Drop Distance, and it's sort of like a corner they painted their, themselves into, is the fact that they don't have Donald and Goofy. So as a plot yeah. device, it's very difficult to have Sora or Riku say something because then they they basically have to talk to themselves uh, in like classic like fiction writing they call these characters like the lassie character like mm. what is that timmy oh timmy's in the well you know a, a character that's literally there that the like character talks to yeah just he's just there to be a springboard so he's not talking to himself because mm. the dream readers can't talk sora and rika are by themselves so yeah you have really stupid scenes where Riku's just talking to himself out loud in the belly of Monstro, and he's like, "What the hell yeah. are you doing, Riku?" Or out of there. When he talks to the Disney characters, like they'll tell him something, he would react by saying something out loud. Yeah, and then they'll like, be like, he, "Huh, what's that?" He's, like, he's oh, sort of like talking to himself out loud. Yeah, some of that was a little bit weird and campy, but mm-hmm. I, I've honestly I've gotten used to it. That's just Kingdom Hearts, some of yeah, that stuff. I mean, <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, I really liked the writing in the other Kingdom Hearts. It's just mm-hmm. that this one just seems a bit. Yeah, a bit there, rushed, I guess. Yeah, is the there best was, way to put it. Oh yeah, definitely. And that sort of leads us into our next part of the review: is the story. Um, some things that you know we sort of take for granted in Kingdom Hearts, even though it is convoluted, is the fact that they do generally keep to normal storytelling conventions. Kingdom Hearts 3D yeah. does not start that way. <laughs> no, like they literally drop you right in the middle of the story, and you don't know what you're doing. Like, exactly. and I felt that was a big, I don't know, a big letdown to me. That yeah, it was a very jarring and jarring experience, and I can understand what they were trying to do, but it was a failure in my opinion. It was well, at least big... they didn't do the whole Midgar Solid Two thing. Like yeah, Kingdom Hearts Two. Honestly, I would have preferred that because at least Roxas' story in Kingdom Hearts 2 was told in a normal, coherent way, and I knew what was going on. This was more, I drop you into the world, and there's these little pop-ups on the screen called mementos where you can watch flashbacks of the actual story if you want to, but Mm. they're sort of like out of order and out of context. And that is not the way you should do it. kind of... It's kind of like telling the story in like reverse order. It's kind of like watching the movie Memento. Yeah. Yeah, it was really weird. 
something that uh, a lot of times you harp on in the uh, in the Final Fantasy Union podcast, something that was like a knock towards Final Fantasy XIII, is the fact that the, the juiciest parts of the lore of Final Fantasy XIII is buried like six levels in in a menu. That's exactly. the same thing they did in Kingdom Hearts 3D. Now, granted, they do it in the form of cutscenes, so I, I do like that because I hate reading. But yeah, but this, still, it's just yeah. like, oh. Couldn't you have just shown that in a proper scene in context? Like, I mean, they kind of did the same with um, with Ansem's story with, like, the Ansem. Yeah, the Ansem um, reports. Ansem reports, right? And I think that was okay. One. But those were like Easter eggs. They weren't exactly. necessarily like they weren't critical parts of the story. Something you need to know in order exactly. to understand the story. If anything, <laughs> I felt the Ansem reports were more of like a reward for people who really like Kingdom Hearts. Exactly, that's perfect for them. They would read it. It was really great writing. A lot of good stuff in there. But these mementos are basically critical parts that you need to know. Or like the example, story makes I mean, no if, sense. If something mm-hmm. happens in the scene, and then it'll pop up, and if you want to know exactly how it happened, you would have to go back to watch it to not understand. Exactly. And then you yeah. continue on from that point. It's like you, you shouldn't yeah. have to go back and then just to figure out what happened. You, know, you should be there, yeah. you know, right as they say it. It should take you back automatically what happened, then resume, you know, exactly. resume the story. See, I would have honestly preferred a more conventional type of opening. I mean, the yeah. thing is, an opening is a very critical part of a story. Ask anybody that works at Pixar, the opening is probably the most important part of the story, even more than the ending, because that's what gets you hooked and gets you engaged in the beginning. If you don't start off right, it, you know, you really have to work to overcome that bad start. And I yeah. felt that was a problem in Kingdom Hearts 3D. I mean, the story yeah. is not bad. Don't get me wrong. I, I did enjoy the story personally. It's just that how it was told was not the best way. It was It was so random. It had a, yeah, it had a really rocky start, and it didn't really get too much better from there. The actual bits of story that they tell you is good. It's just it was not organized in a coherent way. I mean, it was organized in a way purposely to confuse you, which I get m- might have been one of the goals. <laughs> But you can do that through writing, and, I mean, if you do it this way, it's unfair. Because you are telling the story in an incoherent way. Obviously, it's going to be confusing. You should tell an interesting story that is mysterious and have it being confusing because it's mysterious. That's, you know, that's a benefit. That's good writing. This is just... It is confusing for bad pacing. That's that's what I'm getting at. No, completely agree with you there. Well, also, the just was uh, two, two years of development versus everything yeah. else. <laughs> yeah. Everything yeah. had to be just put together, you know, just for, I mean, yeah. considering this is, I mean, the story with The Birth of My Sleep was a lot more fluent in how everything, you know, started off yeah. as, you know, innocent three kids want to be Keyblade Masters to the result at the end of the game. This is more like, you know, it's boom, this happens, and then you have to do this, do this, and this, and then. Exactly. Which doesn't really flow that well, yeah. pretty much. Especially when mm-hmm. you have to keep doing the flashbacks and then doing all that yeah. to understand what the hell is going on. Exactly. Yeah. I would say apart from that, though, I did I did enjoy the story. I mean, a- apart from the weird writing sometimes, the weird lines, th- there were some scenes in there that were, like, they're actually pretty powerful scenes. Like, yeah. it's, def- it- it's definitely, you know, really what Kingdom Hearts should be. I also thought that... For once, I really felt that Riku and Sora were being like getting character development. Like it was really yeah, no, amazing. I completely agree. Sora was a lot deeper yeah. in the story. Like I actually got a before. sense of what he was. I was actually was... happy for that. Yeah, I was really happy for that. I thought that that was really, really excellent, and how how they really kind of showed exactly what he is. He's Sora. not just yeah. He's not this yeah. amorphous good guy hero type. I mean, that kind of is what he is, but... Yeah, I mean, he's not the placeholder hero. He is Sora, and this is who Sora is. And it was really interesting to see that finally in Kingdom Hearts. And at least Riku is still... I mean, Riku's been getting character development since the first game. Yeah, absolutely. But his development is still continuing, which is actually pretty good, you know. Yeah, and this... Especially in this story. Development, you know, and then, I mean... To allow Sora to grow, but at least to keep in pace with both characters this time. Yeah, definitely. I would say, as far as like characters go, this was definitely good character writing in uh, mm-hmm. in a Kingdom Hearts game. I thought so. that they really foiled off each other well as oh, well. Oh, absolutely. Because like you know, Riku is a bit melancholy and is dealing with darkness and and unsure you know, of the himself. Things he's done in the past and unsure of himself. 
And Sora's Sora like really, really sure happy. of himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's and really sure like, of himself and really, and, and you know, cocky. Like the first time they're actually fully doing something together. You exactly. Know, yeah. In that sense, rather than being against each other or being far apart from each other. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, definitely yeah, a lot of really strong, good. meaningful scenes. I'll, I'll I'll say this much. Some of my favorite, like, characterization scenes were the scenes with... Um, in Traverse Town with the World Ends With You characters. I, I really loved that. And it felt like... It felt, to me, really familiar and personal because it really felt like they were all friends. And, you mm-hmm. know, I just really liked all that writing. So those characters were great. Uh, another great world for writing would have been um, the uh, Three Musketeers world. I mean, there's just oh. a lot of really great characters. So yeah. you really enjoy that. So once you're in it and you get what's happening, the story is amazing. It's just that... Our critiques are more structure rather than content. You know, it's more structurally confusing and maybe on purpose, but it was still good. It's still worth playing. Um, so yeah, I would I would say that sort of brings our three KH3D review section to a wrap. Uh, what did you guys What did you guys think of um, the uh, of the game overall? If you had to give it a score out of ten, what do you think uh, you'd give it? I'd say an eight, eight out of ten. And Cheryl. I originally wrote a nine, but like after hearing you guys' opinions and going back on it, I would have to actually give it an eight, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, yeah, I pretty much agree. Eight out of ten. Maybe for a couple scenes, 8.5, just because some of them were really good, but I would say, yeah, eight out because of ten. Because originally it's... when I wrote my review, I gave an 8.5, then I rounded up mm. to a nine. But yeah. I would have yeah. to say it's between an eight and a nine for me, pretty much. Yeah. Like, it's a good game. It's a lot better than a lot of games out there. But yeah. there are some things that you know you can't you can't necessarily overlook just because it's exactly because it's Kingdom Hearts, Hearts. exactly like, you know we have to be honest we are yeah. video game reviewers after all yeah, so so yeah um, that brings us to an end wow we're mostly into the sh- we're almost done with the show and we've only done one segment don't and worry poor about Jackie. it <laughs> poor Jackie yeah, Jackie yeah Jackie how you doing there I'm doing my own thing. <laughs> Don't worry, Jackie. Hang We're getting you back in. Although it's good to hear all of these things. Yeah. I will play it eventually. Definitely. So and definitely. that is, I know what to expect. Exactly. We'll get your we'll opinions like, about it later. We'll be like, Brian, um, okay, could you put in the description about, like, how many minutes are we in? About how many minutes in that Jackie starts talking so that we actually have everybody together? <laughs> <laughs> Basically. All right. So, Jackie comes in. so quickly moving into the burning question segment, we'll try to do this maybe quick fire a little bit. Uh, the, again, the burning question was if you had to pick a CGI Disney movie, which hasn't been featured in a Kingdom Hearts game yet, apart from a summon character, which, uh, which movie would you pick in the game and why? And the first one comes from Vexness24, and he says, I want Monsters, Inc. in a Kingdom Hearts game. It was always one of my favorite Pixar movies. However, I can see them using Toy Story because of its popularity. Another world I would like to see is Cars. I just want to see Sora and company as Cars, and I want to see how they would allow him to use the Keyblade. I'm guessing his Keyblade... Ooh, wait, no, that'd be cool if it was, like, in his uh, tires, you know, like how they do on... um... (laughs) On like uh, what is it like uh, Greece? Oh yeah. Like yeah. how they have like the uh, the spikes. <laughs> on the okay. Okay. What like, if just just to be like a major troll, it was just his car keys, and they're really tiny. He's <laughs> 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 just Aww. sort of you just fire, uh, fighting car, with it. Car keys at everybody. The car keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> oh bless. But uh, yeah, I mean. Monsters Inc. It's an all-time classic. It's, yeah, it's funny. It's cute. And I'd love to see them as monsters. Well with the fact that Monsters Inc. Um, is it Monsters Inc. Two is coming out? Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think it is. Yeah. yeah, Monsters Inc. Two and also Finding Nemo Two. I think. Yeah, yeah Finding Whoa. Nemo Two. Mm. <laughs> I, yeah, I clearly did not hear about this. <laughs> Finding Nemo <laughs> yeah. Two. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. They're basically not coming up with news. Pixar movies, but oh wait, whatever, whatever. Yeah, but this one is from Animus13, who says, I would want a chicken little world just to annoy Daryl. Yes! <laughs> Finally! <laughs> Finally! 
<laughs> I would have to agree 100%. I would want a Chicken Little Roll just to annoy Daryl because... Yeah, Aww. make it all worth it. I mean, Poor just... Daryl, and he can't be here in order to defend himself. Yeah. If Daryl not to defend himself right now. Is Daryl not a fan of chickens? That, or is there I something mean, else? He hated the Chicken Little Summon. Does he not he like the Zach But it would be awesome to... It was pointless. It'd just be an awesome world to have, you know. I like yeah. Chicken Little, and and to be honest, I think Sora would mesh well with the characters in there and yeah. to annoy Daryl. He's already he's already established, so might as well. Mm-hmm. All right, Jero, and the next one. This is from Oathkeeper, nineteen eighty-five. That's a good year. <laughs> it is a good year. <laughs> the ones I would most like to see would probably be Tangled, seeing Eugene, Rapunzel. And Sora together would be hilarious. I also think that Brave would also be a great choice to bring into the games. And so, Maria personally contrasts would be interesting. Maria would be an awesome team partner. Yeah, I'd like a Tangled World, too. I remember watching the movie, and I just laughed throughout the whole... All of it. Yeah. Oh, Tangled oh, yeah. Tangle is one of my yeah. favorite new Disney it's movies. so great. Oh, it's so, so good. great. Yeah, she's a well, great like heroine. The... Yeah, and like it has a good brave... story. I like the brave idea too. Yeah, I do think that that would be really awesome. Really action oriented, so yeah, definitely both both of those worlds would be perfect, and especially like um, with uh, Tangled, the art style looks very similar to Kingdom Hearts, kind of. So I, I mean, everything about it would be just fit really well overall. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good. Then, uh, uh, there's a good, I would, I would uh, good love... versus evil story too. Yeah, definitely. I would love to yeah. see Sora and Riku get a, a frying pan keyblade. Oh yeah, yeah. frying pan keyblades all around. That'd be great. How about another world that's very similar? It's not Pixar, but it was still okay. like a blast to watch. Um, How to Train Your Dragon. Oh Ooh, my gosh, yeah. yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, that would be good, but not Disney, sadly. <laughs> yeah. Sadly. Side oh. note: our our one cat Maxi is totally toothless. <laughs> totally. Like, Aww. he looks just like him, and whenever he gets angry and puts his ears back, I'm just like, oh, you're toothless. <laughs> <laughs> Too cute. All right, Jackie, and can you take the last burning question? Sure. This is from Skylar127. Though I cannot wait for the day that Sora teams up with Merida from Brave, my vote has to go to the Incredibles. One of the great strengths of the Kingdom Hearts series is its diversity in levels and worlds. The Incredibles would be a unique addition in terms of story and style, and for Sora to think about the Incredibles' main theme, which he has been ignoring since the beginning of the Kingdom Hearts series, Family Plus, and wow. I'm probably about to get some hate. This would be a good way to test the waters for any future interactions Sora might have with other superheroes. Like Spider-Man, The Avengers, and X-Men. Well, well, I think that would be pretty cool to have uh, Marvel characters in there. Marvel is not like an official Disney property; it's sort of like a offset that they kind of own. Um, but yeah, it'd be cool. But yeah, as far as like the Incredibles and you know the inclusion of family as a theme, I think that's really cool. It would be pretty interesting to see how Sora reflects, you know on the family that he sort of left behind and his mom maybe yeah (laughs) it'd be pretty interesting to see the fact that he oh yeah i have a mom right and her (laughs) all we know is that she's played by cat susie and she says sora dinner's ready that's basically the the only representation (laughs) yeah that's the only representation we have of that oh and also uh sora's dad is inadvertently mentioned in birth by sleep when riku says oh my friend's dad brought us here on his boat that's it. Okay. That's that is Sora's entire family in Kingdom Hearts, all of their representation in a nutshell, right there. So it would be nice to see a little bit more to show a little bit more depth. Um, yeah. But yeah, that, I think that'd be pretty cool. And and The Incredibles overall is just an awesome movie. Great story. A lot of good characters. It's, it's my favorite Disney Pixar movie. Yeah, Same. definitely <laughs> awesome. Well, my favorite is Toy Story, but close second would be Incredibles. Incredibles is just so great. Yeah. All right, and the burning question for the next show is, and this is, uh, we'll, we'll see what people think about this. Now, this is assuming you've played the game. Given all the teases from Kingdom Hearts 3D, and if you played it, you'll know what I mean. What, if anything, do you think Square will announce at TGS regarding Kingdom Hearts 3? Or, right, regarding Kingdom Hearts. <clears throat> Kingdom oh! Hearts. Oh! <laughs> yes. I snuck that one in. that snuck. in there. 
snuck that one in. Well, it's not. Yay. It's not. It's not a surprise. Literally, when when Nomura announced Kingdom Hearts 3D, he was like, "Yeah, this is basically our game that will lead us up to Kingdom Hearts 3." So, but you know, I'm not trying to be super right naughty. But yeah, given given all the teases and all the hints, maybe even just from interviews, the hints that he's given. What do you think? I mean, this is basically just what do you think is going to happen at TGS? Okay, if you want to take it that way, you can take it that way. Because uh, our next show is going to be in September, and TGS is in September. Mm. All right, and we're quickly moving along into our question segment. Again, all these guys are getting some kind of stickers, whatever they can get. And this first one comes from Crimson Dragoon. Hi, gang. What would you add in the next Kingdom Hearts games to create a new experience? Blood. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> no. I don't know. Wow. Um, um, I, I'm not entirely sure what I would add. Um, It'd more be like maybe a mesh of everything that was awesome in all the previous games. So yeah. together. Yeah. yeah. So together. It's a Frankenstein Kingdom Hearts game. <laughs> I go with that one. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. And like improve everything as well improve all of those mechanics and just yeah. make it into a nice little a nice little gift box all right here's a here's a real crazy curveball what okay. about adding just three npcs to any given section of the game and not make it completely empty worlds <laughs> ah, <yes. laughs> yeah, that's the one i want <laughs> how about how about yeah. something like as basic as that because like honestly i like a little bit of i don't know uh motivation when i want to fight was something the jester <laughs> where was the jester uh, where was the crowd at where was yeah. the crowd yeah we need yeah. way way more interaction Exactly. I don't want to see an empty coliseum ever clapping and yeah, you don't hear like the audience. You're, yeah, you're hearing crowd cheers, but there's literally no one there. And in like Birth by Sleep, where in the Cinderella ballroom dance, there's literally like five people there, and they're all main characters. It's ah, uh, I mean, come on. Great come party, on. guys. That's awesome totally party. Popular right now. Yeah, I'm. I'm uh, you know, it's. I'm not just a prince or anything. I, I just have the only three girls in my entire kingdom here, and one of them happens <laughs> to be the stepmother. <laughs> yeah, we need some here real people in these towns. I mean, Traverse exactly. Town isn't... We need more. There, there are more because, houses than people. Yeah. Exactly. In Final Fantasy XIII, they, they complain about a lack of towns. In Kingdom Hearts, they complain about a lack of NPCs. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, right. give, give us a little motivation. Yeah, Okay, well, this next one is from Never Fall for Fun. Um, I was replaying all of the Kingdom Hearts games in preparation for Dream Drop Distance. Um, when I started Kingdom Hearts 2, I suddenly got this flood of memories of when I first bought the game all those years ago. I was so excited to get it home, and I had missed Sora so much. Then I turned it on, and this blonde-haired guy I'd never seen before shows up <laughs> on the screen, and I have to run around as him. I remember I was so upset about it that I rushed through all of his parts so I could get to Sora. Of course, halfway through the game, I realized I missed playing as Roxas, and I restarted the game immediately after I finished it so that I could play his intro. <laughs> Do any of y'all have the same feelings when you realize the game started with Roxas instead of Sora? Poor thing. Of course I did, because <laughs> I, w I, want, I wanted to play Kingdom Hearts for Sora. And when I got to this dude, I was because I imported the Japanese version. I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "Who the hell is this guy?" Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, I already knew who he was, but yeah, you know. Like, but it's like, <laughs> it's like I want Sora, not this guy. And then, and then yeah. you know, and, yeah. And then when I finally got to Sora, and then as the game progressed, and you got to see all this, you know, the things that happened with Roxas, and now you're just like feeling sad for him, just like, oh, yeah. And you want him back. Then, yeah. I want him huh? back, and then. Because like his his last you know fight with Axel in Kingdom Hearts two is like the best thing ever because you're willing yeah. to keep oh, yeah. so it's like awesome. that's like the best way to end it and just like I want to replay that again and yeah and so you know I pretty much load I pretty much made a save point just for that fight alone yeah it's an awesome fight so. I, honestly I I maybe I'm in the minority but I didn't feel that way I really did like Roxas and I don't know maybe because I was 
really deep into the Kingdom Hearts 2 fandom before it came out. I was so excited to see Roxas. Like, I, I think I wanted to see him more than Sora, than <laughs> more than anything. And I really did connect with Roxas as a character. And, I mean, the scene where he's like, I guess my summer vacation's over and, and, this, and Sora's pod opens up and it shows that he's leaving as a character, it, it really did make me sad. I connected with him. I liked yeah. him. Yeah. I liked I mean, that scene. I, when I first started playing it, I was a bit confused. Mm-hmm. I was just kind of like, yeah, I was, at first I was just kind of like, okay, who's this guy? <laughs> eh, oh, well, I'll play as him. If I have to play as him, I'll play as him. That's fine. The only thing I had, I raged about a bit was the fact that it were so many freaking mini games that I was yeah. just kind of like, I am yeah. sick of this. I want to play Kingdom Hearts and start beating Heartless. Like, come on. <laughs> so angry. Yeah. But um, other than that, yeah, I didn't mind it too much. I thought that he was he was cute, and I liked Olette and all of the other characters yeah. in, in that world. And Naminé, I've always liked. And, yeah. Yeah. She's cute. But, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, from, so. for me, it was, it was a fabulous experience. I really enjoyed playing Roxas. But what's mm-hmm. kind of ironic is I didn't realize I enjoyed playing as Roxas until I finished playing as him and moved on to Sora. <laughs> <laughs> and then you really start to appreciate him and the whole experience. Because when I first yeah. started yeah. with Roxas, I'm like, oh, he's kind of this depressing, angsty yeah. sort of kid. Um, I kind of yeah. like I, I like the fact that he had you know friends who he interacts yeah. a lot with. That was very cool, because yeah. you don't see that with Sora. Exactly. Um, no. Sora doesn't have any friends. <laughs> I mean, that's what I liked about Roxas, is because Roxas had more... He was a deeper character. E- emotion than Sora. Yeah. yeah. You know, because, you, know, you know, he felt happiness, you know, he felt anger, he felt, you know, sadness, he felt, you know, like, whereas Sora is just happy. <laughs> doesn't matter happy. what you do. He's either happy or has that angry look on his face like he's yeah. going to kill you. That's, I mean, his, you his, his two me. emotions. His two emotions. I mean, after covering, you know, the whole Kingdom Hearts 2 fiasco, from going back to Chain of Memories, getting, you know, that circuit picture at the end, you know, yeah. of Roxas, you know, you know, not knowing who he was, and then you're finally playing as him, you know, you get to really see how much of a character he is, yep. you know. And with that short time you play as him, it's just... Wow, you know, I feel sorry for this yeah. guy. You know, he just wanted to spend the summer with his friends, and then he gets tangled up into all this. You know, yeah, and you do relate to him through. because of yeah. sort of the challenges he has to go through. I mean, he's he's it's like he's hallucinating, and nobody's seeing the same things as he does. So yeah. there's a bit of conflict there with the rest of his friends, and that plays out throughout his whole chapter. Yeah, yeah. so Roxas, an underappreciated character. Not no, anymore. he's got a huge fan base anymore. after that. He's, yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. Huge Loaded. fan base, but he's he's Mister Misunderstood. I mean, I yes. I mean, the, I know people who prefer him over Sora. Yeah, fair yeah. Enough. How about comparing so, the character. three with Ventus also thrown in? Oh, uh, Ventus is a loser. I hate that guy. He's just such a twerp. Such a twerp. He's like Sora. He's happy, but but he has more development. Yeah, he's, a, he's, a he's like a cross between more... the two. Cross between know, Sora and Roxas. Too, way too wimpy. He's like a wimpy version of Roxas across with Sora. Too wimpy. Because he's always been Not looked a... after. Yeah. Well, but then little, again, little if you were boy. dealing with somebody who has as much balls as Aqua, you'd be a scared little girl as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, well, especially what Ventus has been through, you know, since yeah, yeah, life yeah. with Master yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, you'd yeah. probably have to be a wimp, you know. I mean, I mean, he's not a wimp, but I mean, after what he nearly died, yeah, you know, it's like you know, Aqua after just he... Aqua just has more testosterone for the. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. It doesn't show though. It doesn't show no. though. <laughs> well, anyway, before I get any creepier, Churro, <laughs> let's get this, this next one. This one's from Hess Hessio, yep. and mm-hmm. they write, "How would you?" feel if Sora or anybody from the original cast becomes an enemy after Cage 3? If so, which character would you want that has a, already been an empty an enemy in the past? So, for example, Riku and Axel are no-go to take this role. Darn it, because okay, so, I was going to pick uh, Axel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pick a pretty um, interesting one that maybe no one's going to think of. Mickey. 
Ooh. That's that's a weird one. Now let You've me. You've been watching that, that South weird. Park episode. Too <laughs> not, not not imagination. Not movie. exactly. What I was thinking more was maybe not an enemy, but uh, an opposing opinion. So maybe I don't know. So this is. A, let me give you a hypothetical. So what if Mickey had a and all the Disney characters had a different opinion of how you should deal with the darkness. Should you kill it or should you not kill it? And maybe the mm. opinion could put some people's lives at risk. And Sora is conflicted. And in event, he has to go save those people anyway. But Mickey's got to stop him before some evil is unleashed or something. And they're put at force two friends pitted against each other over their ideals. You know, something that's actually deep. Didn't, nope. that, didn't yeah. that almost happen in Kingdom Hearts 2 when Mickey didn't want Sora to go fight the Heartless? Exactly. So. Something like that, but actually, like, okay, now it's now it's serious. We're getting to fisticuffs here. You know, hmm. I'm going to save these dudes. Is or something one like of that. this dude maybe Riku? Perhaps Riku's <laughs> involved. I mean... I don't know. I'm just. I'm just saying. It's a hypothetical. I was sort of, you know, when they when they brought up this question, I was like, oh, what, what if Mickey was involved? But I, I just really hate the whole idea of, oh, well, now I'm gonna be a bad guy. I mean, obviously, Mickey's just. He's so good. He can't just be a bad guy. It, there would have to be some reason behind it. And the only reason I could think of is, he's not evil. He just has a different opinion. And you, you know? think it's for the good of everybody. Exactly. I mean, it's it's something that's relatable. Sometimes, you know... It's kind of like uh, Mr. Arrakis. You know, yeah, he, he thought that light was the only good thing, you know, about yeah. everything, you know, and it kind of, his ideals could have clashed with any, you know, with Terra, Aqua, or Ben. And not you know? to get too controversial, but that's basically introducing politics into Kingdom Hearts. Because that's, that's really what it is. Two people that have different ideas of how to solve a problem, and they're going to fight each other, but they basically want the same thing, but they yeah. want to do it in totally different ways. So Exactly like a birth of sleep between Xavier Dorf exactly. and Alexis. They both had, you know, different ideals about the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so to I, a fight. Mm-hmm. I honestly yeah. think that would be an interesting element that could be added to Kingdom Hearts and just make it a little bit more adult-oriented. Yeah, stir it up mm. a little bit, mix it up, make it not so cliche. I don't know. Just an idea I had. So, anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast so far. We're going to be moving into our music segment. Uh, This uh, show's music is going to be, of course, Daryl's favorite. It's a remix of Kyrie's theme, obviously (laughs) his favorite song. And it's an awesome techno remix uh, by a... uh, DJ guy, his name is T Sparrow. T Sparrow, I guess that's how you pronounce it. He's on YouTube. Uh, great remix. Uh, definitely really high quality production values. I was definitely impressed by it, so that's why I picked it. Um, our next Kingdom Hearts union is scheduled for September 11th, so a day of reverence. Hopefully, we're not too crazy on that day. Uh, yeah. Just so you know, you guys can subscribe to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on iTunes Store. Uh, just search for Kingdom Hearts, and we're number one. Yay. And, of course, you can catch every episode of KingdomHeartsUnion.com. Or, you can catch every one of our episodes at KingdomHeartsUnion.com or Churro. KH2.co.uk Oh, no, the accents are back. <laughs> oh, well. Well, anyways, guys, it is it is goodbye time. I'm sure people are sick of hearing us, sadly. Aww. I don't think so. Don't worry. They, they, yeah, they probably still love us. They Let's start over the podcast again. We'll just keep doing it until One you love more us. time. Yep. Yeah, oh, yeah. Speaking, of, speaking of Daft Punk, goodness. It's like, now is when you repeat, people. Yeah, now, now you now you press, press the repeat button. We'll try this again <laughs> until you yeah. like us. Let's do it in Spanish next time. In Espanol. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, guys, uh, say, say, say your goodbyes. Say your goodbyes. Bye bye. Por favor. Arriba, Adios. Adios. Say you later, guys. Bye now. Cheerio. What are we going to do tonight, Brian? <laughs> 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 okay, okay. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna end this podcast if, if it kills me. I'm Brandon saying goodbye. This has been a tweaksnews.com and kingdomheartsunion.com production.